Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Centerpoint Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're here hanging out with you, hoping that you are enjoying your day and spending a little time with us and being able to jump in the God's Word and see how that applies to your life, because that's what we've been doing, reading God's Word, trying to apply it to our life as well. Got a Billy quiz. Do it. Who's more qualified for a Billy quiz than Billy? All right, ready? Sure. Go ahead. One week ago, one week ago, what did you have for dinner? (laughs) Um, Food. Wrong. Okay. (laughs) One week ago, what time did you get up in the morning? Exactly. Uh, Morning. I don't know. Wrong. Okay. Question number three and the last one. One week ago, right now, what were you doing? I was on the podcast. Okay. All right. (laughs) One out of three. 33%. That's actually tough. I know. Isn't it hard to think about what you were doing a week ago? Well, I have no clue what I was eating a week ago. What gets me is sometimes somebody will say something to me like, I'll see them on a Thursday or something, and they'll say, hey, I was thinking about what you were preaching on Sunday morning, and honestly, often I have no... I'm like, "Uh, what was I preaching about last Sunday? We have such a bad memory. I wonder why that is. I wonder if we just, just care about being in the moment. And then once it's passed, we just forget? I've got a friend who works in the computer world. He's like a system analyst or one of those things. I don't know. He always says he doesn't have much RAM. And I think that's what that means, right? That you what don't is, remember. Is, yeah. A, Random access memory? Memory? Yeah. I can't so remember. You can't remember things <laughs> like you just forget things. Like you just, yeah. you know, it's weird how that is. Yeah. That is unique. And uh, that kind of rolls into what we want to talk about We're actually going to be starting a series of podcasts because we are getting into the the season where Easter is coming up. And what we would like to do is spend a, a few podcasts focusing on something specific as it leads up to Easter. I believe Easter is April 13th. So we're we're weeks away, I believe. Is that right? April thirteenth. I don't know. Keep talking. Okay, I'll check okay. The date. You check it out. Uh, I think it's April thirteenth. Maybe April twelfth, thirteenth. April twelfth might be Easter. The Monday might be. 13th. It's April twelfth. Yeah, a- Sunday, yeah, April twelfth. Mon- so so we'll send out an Easter podcast on April thirteenth. There you go. But uh, we would like to bring in bring you into the discussion as we are fleshing out what happened with Jesus the week. Building up to the resurrection. So one week of Jesus' activity and what ex- what he experienced the week prior. Yeah, and I thought it'd be neat if we just did like the days. So yeah. if we have like seven podcasts or whatever, we can do right. like a day right. uh, per podcast uh, the week prior to Jesus' resurrection and uh, really jump in and see what he was doing at that time. One thing we do know is that as his crucifixion and resurrection was coming to uh, a pinnacle, we have more and more information in God's word about his activities. So when he began his ministry three and a half years prior, three three and a half roughly, we don't really have a lot of information of what was going on. So there's a span, maybe like a year and a half, where we didn't really don't really have that much. And then there's about a year where we kind of have some information. And then as it builds up to the resurrection, we have a lot of information about Jesus activities. Yeah, and this this week has people call this different things, the the holy week. Um I've heard it called the week of preparation. I've heard of that too. Yes. 
Um, you know, it's, so this this week of activity. Yeah, it's the last week of Lent. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that strikes me about just the life of Jesus is how he knew this was coming. Like in Luke nine fifty one, it says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face hmm. to go to Jerusalem. Hmm. And so this this week of activity, which is like you just said, it is a very busy time. And Jesus knew it was coming and he knew what it included. Hmm. He kept trying to tell his disciples mm-hmm. they they were could just, not figure it yeah, out. They, they were could obtuse. They could not mm-hmm. get it. Um, but and even even in some of these passages, we're going to see that it says that they, after his death and resurrection, they understood what he meant. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that happens a lot in this last week. So, well, let's look at one of these passages. Let's go back one week. So what would that be? Well, the resurrection happened on a Sunday. We go back to the Sunday prior, and people call that Palm Sunday. We'll we'll flesh out why they call it Palm Sunday, but that's the day. That's the day. So it would be the day that Jesus comes into Jerusalem and some activities happen as he's entering in and uh we'll jump into those. Yeah, Palm Sunday, the the day of the triumphal entry. Uh we have all these different sort of titles. This is the day after this would been the day after the Sabbath. Okay, mm-hmm. and it was on that Sunday. Of course, they didn't. You know, we celebrate, we we worship on Sunday, but in the Jewish calendar, their their special day of the week was Sabbath, which would be right. our Saturday. So this is that Sunday. I'll just read one of the passages. It's in all four Gospels where it's described. But in John chapter twelve, this is how it's described. John writes, "The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem." So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and he had and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. And so and I'll just stop the reading from there for there for now. But we have this, I mean, it is a it's an amazing scene yeah, in painting, Jerusalem. Painting the picture, we have Jesus coming in, crowds coming around him, and they are uh, rejoicing, they are honoring, they are celebrating Jesus entering into the city. Now, we know from John's account in John 11 and 12 that there's a huge crowd. In verse 9 of John 12, it says that there was a large crowd of the Jews that learned that Jesus was there. And so they came not only because of Jesus, but also because of Lazarus, who Jesus had raised from the dead. So right. there, we need to picture this in our mind's eye. You know, we're in Jerusalem. There, there are just you know, I would. I think you could easily say hundreds, if not yeah. thousands, was, of would, people. In my mind, I was thinking at minimum hundreds of people, multiple yes. hundreds of people. Yes, you know, and sometimes we we're guilty of looking back on these events with this weird picture of like you know just a few people with a few little huts and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Listen, Jerusalem is an urban. I mean, this is an mm-hmm. urban environment. This is a city, mm-hmm. and people have all gathered now, and they are celebrating. Um, because of what they think is happening. Right, and what you had said uh, in John 12, 9, about the large crowds that, that went to say where he, 
went to go where Jesus was. Was he in Bethany? Was he in Bethpage? I think it might have been in Bethany where Lazarus was. So people had heard beforehand, and they went out to meet Jesus there, and then Jesus comes in. So the, he probably also had a following of people as well as people in the city coming out to meet him. So there was a large number of people that were gathering to focus on Jesus. And what's going to happen, we're going to see it time and time again over the next seven weeks together, is Jesus and the disciples are kind of stationed on the outside of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. okay? Mount of Olives, as you mentioned, Bethany, these places are listed. And it seems as if what would happen is Jesus and his disciples are out there, you know, we'll say camped, okay? But they're out there, that's where they spend the night, and that's where they are, you know, kind of stationed. And then they come into Jerusalem, and they have these experiences with the religious leaders, and then they retreat back outside of the city. So we're going to see him going back and forth from outside of the city into the city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, But on this first day, there's, there's a celebration that occurs. So let's talk about what's happening here. Well, I think that as we look at it, there's there's really one main thing that's happening, and that is the triumphal entry. That's what we would call it, the triumphal entry. So we have people that are gathering around, and they end up honoring him, uh, we'll say physically. They physically honor him. So we have that he rode a donkey. So explain a little bit about, can you explain a little bit, Pastor Lowell, about what happened with this donkey the, the the disciples went and they uh and Jesus told he them he directed what, them to do right. this yeah it's very clear in Matthew that he he sends them out to he had prepared the way for them and he gives them real real clear description of what they're supposed to do and they do it they go with this donkey that that God provides all they say is to the owner the lord needs them and mm-hmm. they give them the right. donkey you know so it's interesting because that him saying that is an example of prophecy being fulfilled. Mm. We have in Zechariah 9, says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Mm. So it wasn't one of those things where Jesus was like, hey, there's going to be, you know, try to find me something to ride in on. Jesus, in his mind, as you said, he's preparing for this, setting his face toward what he has to to endure, and he knows the scripture, he knows himself, he knows what is happening, and even riding on a donkey, he's fulfilling prophecy in scripture. Hmm. That's how exact Jesus was at fulfilling everything mentioned about him in the First Testament. And not only was it a prophetic event that Jesus is fulfilling here, but there's also some historical um, references that mm-hmm. are happening. So we know that the people, the mass of people, the thousands of people, and we need to picture them as all kinds of different people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's all different ages and all different backgrounds, and there's rich people and poor people. There's people of different nationalities. I mean, it's just so many people have come to gather in Jerusalem for the time of the feast. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just filled with people. And as Jesus walks in, and he's known. Remember. He raised Lazarus from the dead. This, this, the word of this has spread over the whole region. They know something's up. Okay, people are thinking maybe he's the Messiah. It's interesting when you read in John twelve, it says that the Pharisees wanted to kill Lazarus because Jesus had raised him from the dead because it was causing so many people to follow after Jesus to believe. It, it, and for me, that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, what did Lazarus do? 
But the blindness of those men, they wanted to destroy anything that was related to Jesus. Mm. And Lazarus was one of those people that they decided to focus in on. So when when Jesus enters, they start throwing down the their their coats mm-hmm. and palm branches and mm-hmm. so forth. I believe it's in I can't remember exactly which passage it is in, but they do reference that they cut palms and threw them down. That's right. Not only the branches, but also they took off their coats and threw them on the ground as well. And there's a historical precedence for that. We know in Second Kings nine thirteen when Jehu was was. Uh, placed as the king over Israel, the same thing happened. Yeah, he enters in, and people are throwing their garments down so that he wouldn't have to walk on the bare steps. You know, it's kind of like rolling out the red carpet, exactly. You know, That's or exactly that runner right. went at, at when I got married. My wife, you know, they rolled this runner <laughs> yeah. down the aisle. Yeah, which is usually you know? a problem in weddings because it goes off to the side. <laughs> and you have to like pick it, pick it, and, and, fix and it. I think the picture is meant to say, you know, we we recognize that that. You shouldn't even walk on the ground because you are so important, so high and lifted mm-hmm. up yeah. that, that we don't want you to even step on the earth. Again, that embittered those that were against Jesus. Yeah, because they wanted it to stop. They did indeed. They, 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 they came to Jesus and said, you got to knock, you got to get your people to knock this off. Mm-hmm. You know, in Luke, that's where it's explained. And, I mean, they, they pull Jesus aside because they're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. This is what the people are shouting. They're shouting that, and they're also shouting Hosanna. Right. We'll talk about that in just a second. And the Pharisees come and say, you need to stop this. Rebuke your disciples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jesus says, listen, I could stop them, sure. But if they're silent, the stones laying here on the ground will cry out. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That is pretty powerful. Yeah. That is pretty yeah. powerful. And uh, it makes me think of Genesis, Genesis 4, where uh, we have, excuse me, where we have um, Cain and Abel, where Cain kills Abel. And God says, the blood of your brother is crying out from the ground. And I know that's not exact, but it has this feeling of the earth crying out when something amazing has happened. Mm. You know, in that case, it was amazing bad, but this is an amazing extraordinary for good as a celebration of honoring, of worship of God. And and the Lord Jesus is going to be worshiped. Mm-hmm. He's going to be worshiped, I, either willfully or against people's will. Yeah. So they shout out Hosanna. Mm-hmm. What does Hosanna mean? It means save us, you know? It means that it's a cry out to God to please come and save us. It's right. a Hebrew word, and and it's a shout for God's deliverance in people's mm-hmm. lives. It could mean save us, save us now, mm, okay. or please save us. So all those save, please, now is yeah. kind of squish that together in that kind of phrase. It's a heartfelt call, like mm-hmm. don't wait, we need you now. It's a mm-hmm. desperate plea for mm-hmm. for one to save them. And that's what they're shouting as Jesus rides into Jerusalem. Well, I think we should uh, we should maybe flesh the word Hosanna out just a little bit more, but also talk about the people, what they got right and what they got wrong. So let's take a break for a moment and we'll we'll jump back in at the people that are there watching Jesus enter into Jerusalem. So we'll be right back.
Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Well, hey, welcome back. We've been talking about Passion Week, and really we're focusing in on the Sunday of Passion Week called Palm Sunday. It's in our series. It's really the first one of our series. And the triumphal entry of Jesus, where he comes into Jerusalem. Now, we have people that have honored him physically, him riding on the donkey, them giving him the props with that. The, the, the palms, the, 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 the garments. That's exactly right. Yes. They threw down the palms, the palm branches. They threw down their coats. And they even honored him verbally by shouting out Hosanna, which is a reference in the Old Testament about please save us because they thought that he was coming in, but uh, coming in as the king. Mm-hmm. But really, what did they get right and what did they get wrong about Jesus' triumphal entry, and that's really on a spiritual level. So let's talk about that for a couple minutes. Well, before we get into that, I mean, hold on just a minute. So we sometimes call this the week of preparation, okay, where okay. Where, Je- where Jesus is kind of being, he's preparing the world really for what he's going to do. So okay. it just makes me think, have you ever prepared, I mean, ever prepared for anything that didn't go exactly as you wanted? Like, are you preparing for anything right now? I'm preparing for the winter retreat happening with the teens. That's what I figured, yeah. So what does that include? Oh, my goodness. That includes all types of administration, making sure the food's taken care of, making sure appropriate games. I have to have a journal uh, for the teens every morning so they can get in God's Word for themselves, as well as the notes for for the speaker, which leads us into the speaker, making sure that he's taken care of and that he has all of his stuff, all of his ducks in a row. We have to have presentation material for the the for him so we can press the button we have to have the music we got to make sure the gotcha. transportation is taken okay, care okay. of that's, that's we got to make sure exhausting. that everything's that everyone's safe there's a lot of that's Do that's why we have a packing list Do you tell them what to bring oh got to uh, give them a packing list we had that was on the brochure so they know exactly what to bring i had a uh, kid one time at a retreat and i gave them a packing list too this is what you're to prepare and so we went you know it was a two week two night retreat like mm-hmm. yours is right mm-hmm. okay the second night, I get up in the middle of the night, and I walk out into this area we call the game room, and there's this young man. He's got these old, yucky couch cushions, laying, like three of them okay. laid together, okay. and he's laying on that, and he's all wrapped up in this like extra shirt, and he's trying to sleep, and he's kind of shivering a little bit, and I walk up, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? It's in the middle of the night. It's like three sure, in the morning, sure. you know? I got my flashlight. What are you doing? He's like, I just, I just can't sleep. I go, why are you here? What, what, you know, he's laying out on the game yeah, room yeah, floor. Yeah. Here it turns out he had totally forgotten all of his stuff. He hadn't, he hadn't brought his bag. He hadn't brought his oh suitcase. He had nothing. We'd mm. been there for like 36 hours. Mm. Like, why didn't you say something? This poor kid. Do you remember when we went hiking one time and you gave everybody a packing list uh, of all these different foods? Everyone had to, they have to bring in your own food when we go hiking. And um, things to bring and not to bring, and the kid brought all cans 
I mean, his backpack weighed like 40 pounds. And it weighed a lot, but I remember the sound of him walking. Oh, gosh. It was like, <laughs> crink, crink, crink. We ended up having to divide up his pack because it was so heavy. Oh, man. Well, we call this, some people refer to this as the week of preparation. Right, that right. things are being prepared for for the cross, and and today um, for the rest of our time, I'd like us to kind of station in Mark eleven. Again, it's in all four gospels, but Mark is kind of quick and to the point. And I'd like us to kind of ask this question: What did the people get right, and what did they get wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to read just a couple verses from Mark eleven, two verses. Sure. Mark eleven nine and ten. Here's what it says. And they went before, and they and they and they that followed cried out, "Hosanna! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom that cometh, the kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest." Now that's I think the old King James version, mm-hmm. but but in that sort of you know two verses and and it kind of represents what was said. We hear some things that they got right. Yeah, yeah. But they definitely some things did. That they got wrong. Mm. So, what comes to your mind that they got right? Well, the first thing that immediately pops into my mind is that they are calling out for him as the king to save them. Mm. So they are giving him the the glory, the 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 worship that he's due as the king entering in. They called him. They said, "Blessed is the coming of the kingdom of our father." So That's they right. are they're talking now today about David, this this, you know, prophecy that God would send a descendant of his to reign on the throne in Jerusalem. So they're identifying him as a king. So yeah, they got that right. Mm-hmm. What else did they get right? Um they also got that he would be the ruler. That he that he is appropriately the king, and he will rule. Yeah, Hosanna! They said in the highest, mm-hmm. and this who is, can save them but the king? Yeah, this mm-hmm. is so. There's worship as well. Yeah, I mean they are in one way or another. Whether they fully understand what they're doing at this point, they're crying out words of worship. And in the Luke passage, when the Pharisees come and try to stop it, Jesus shows us that. This is what that worship is what's happening here mm-hmm. because he says if they don't do it the stones will cry out. Mm-hmm. So some things that they got right. Right. Uh, you know this might be a little bit off but that they were wanting the king the ruler to come in save them from their enemies. So okay. they yeah. they did they felt as if he would come in and vanquish their enemies. Wow, that's, so, a big, that's a big word. But, well, you know, I, I I read it. I had to study it a little bit before I could say it correctly. But uh, they they did. But even in that, it's kind of right, but it's also not right in their view. Well, it's right that Jesus would conquer. Let's say conquer. Your okay. your word is great. Vanquish. I mean, that's a good word. But I'm going to say that he would conquer. The enemies of God, he would rule over them, and part of that is mm-hmm. defeating sin, Satan, death, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. There's something they got wrong at this point. Yeah. So, that, Well, let's, let's talk about that just for a few moments. What did they get wrong, Pastor Lowell? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things here. And, and I guess the first thing I'd like to start with is they got the timing wrong. It's like... Right action, wrong time. Right, right. Because 
they're they are shouting out that you know Jesus is the king and he is and he's going to vanquish the enemies of God and he is and and so forth but that's all going to happen at Jesus second coming like they're missing their mm-hmm. timing is mm-hmm. off by at least 2000 years right, right. okay because there's a and this kind of leads to the other things they got wrong so I'm I'm kind of stealing our own thunder here but before he can conquer the enemies of God and reign over the world as king. He's got to deal with the problem of sin. Mm-hmm. So they were, again, they physically were giving him honor. They were verbally giving him honor, but they missed it spiritually because they were still thinking on a material, on an earthly realm. They wanted, they thought that he was going to come in and just, you know, totally kick out the Romans. That was that kind of their mentality. He's coming in, and this is going to happen immediately. Yeah. And, Even, and listen, there's some truth to that. He is going to come and reign in Jerusalem as the king. Right, right. He is. But they were thinking on the physical level, like, get the Romans out so we can, well, we being the Jews, can do what they need to do. Right, and that kind of leads to the second thing they got wrong. They were right that God is going to destroy his enemies. Mm-hmm. But what they were wrong about is identifying who the enemies of God are. Mm-hmm. They saw the Romans as the enemy of God. That's right. But what they didn't realize and what humanity has always struggled to mm-hmm. realize is the enemy of God is sinner. It's sinners. It's right. sin. Right. And so if the Lord if if Jesus was going to come in and conquer, vanquish, is that your word? Yeah. Vanquish. Okay. If he was going to vanquish all of the enemies of God, you know what he's got to do? Wipe them out too. Yes. Yes, because they are sinners. Yeah. So if you really want him to come in as the reigning king to destroy all those who oppose God, well, guess what? You just sentenced yourself Mm -hmm. to capital punishment Mm -hmm. because most of them at this point, have not turned to Jesus for their forgiveness, have not really put their trust in Yahweh, have not really done what they cried out. They cried out Hosanna, but they really didn't believe that in their heart. Say, yeah. how, do, how do I know that? Because in a week, well, no, that's exactly, in less than a right, week. That's exactly right. In a less than a week, they're going to be crying out that Jesus be crucified. Not to steal our own thunder, but that their whole view switches the opposite end of the spectrum within a matter of days yeah. of, of their view of Jesus because they're only thinking on an earthly, physical level. And Jesus, as we know, and even the disciples, even the disciples are, are in this boat, uh, so to speak, and only after when Jesus is resurrected and they look back, do they, do they realize, yes. That's the passage what, said that. They that's what he it. was saying. Yeah. That's what he was saying. So there's some things they got right. They're right that Jesus is the king. They're right that the king has arrived. They're right that the king is going to vanquish his enemies. But they're wrong on the timing. They're wrong on who the enemies of God are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because really they're wrong about their own identity. Right. right. They think that Jesus is is on their side. Mm-hmm. What they don't realize is they're not on his side. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I, you know, I have written down here that uh, Jesus was on the side of righteousness. 
He's on the side of righteousness. Of righteousness given by God, of his righteousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's calling us to lay our sin at his feet, to give ourselves totally to him and take up the gift that he's about to give in in less than a week. Well, Mm -hmm. in roughly a week. Yeah. Yeah. And how true is that in in real life that we often want we often want Jesus we want God to fill our needs and our wants we want him to uh to heal this or make us successful or do this or do that yet we totally miss that he wants us to lay ourselves down to lay our whole lives down and take up his and be on his side rather than him coming to be with us. And, you know, Luke kind of brings out, and Luke is the only one that that records what Jesus said um, after all of these events. It says that, that Jesus is looking at the city of Jerusalem. He's moved with compassion, okay? He weeps mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the city of mm-hmm. Jerusalem because this is... This is God's city. I mean, this is where he's going to rule, and these are his people that he's given so much to, and they have just rejected him because of their own desire for their own self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. And Jesus now, he he says something in Luke 19, verse 42. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. Mm-hmm. See, they're thinking, Jesus comes, kills the Romans, we finally have peace. Because we're really on, you know, because Jesus is on our side. Right. He's our, He's going to rule for us. He says, but now it's hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children with you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. So mm-hmm. what Jesus is saying is you're missing it. Yeah. You're missing it, crowd. And and you think I've come to take out the Romans, but what you don't realize is if you don't turn to me, these very people that you're crying out against are going to march against you because he loves them. Mm-hmm. See, God Jesus loved the the Jewish people there in Jerusalem. He wanted them to turn to him. And so what God does when we set up an idol that sits between us and him, he loves us so much, he removes that idol. Mm-hmm. And for them, the idol had become their victory over the Romans. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus says to them, and it happened in AD 70, it happened like, what would that be, 40 years later or so, that the Romans are going to come and destroy this city. Mm-hmm. And they did. So many things that, I, that I'm thinking in my mind, but we're running out of time. One thing I'll say is, often we put things between us and God. We put lines in the sand that we want Jesus to come across, want God to come across and fix these things. And really what he wants us is he wants our whole self. He wants us to look to him as the true king, the true ruler, not only of Jerusalem in this time, but the rulers of our lives. We need to submit ourselves to the king in a right way and let him rule our lives and he will direct us as long as we put our trust in him and the finished work of his son Jesus Christ on the cross. It might be something you need to work with and work on in your own life, really challenging to yourself to think, is there anything that is a barrier between me and God? Is there anything that I am thinking 
incorrectly about Jesus that I want him to do this for me, a selfish ambition to lay that down and and rightly see who Jesus is and mirror your life after him. And be sure you got the timing right. Yeah. It's it's easy to cry out, you yeah. know, God, take out my enemies, take out my enemies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great one. And not realize that if we're, if we're not in Christ, when we're praying for him to remove his enemies, that's... That would be me if I'm not in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you got the it, the time is now. You know, turn to the Lord because yeah. the the timing is so important here. And and they're doing a lot of things right. Yeah. They're doing a lot of things right. But the key uh, there's some key issues that they're really, really wrong mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's day that's, one, I guess. That's Palm Sunday. Yeah. That's the the first day in the in our series. And uh, if you've missed anything, you can always click on uh, the podcast area on the website centerpointwv.org. Listen to it again, and uh, hopefully, glean some wisdom as we've gleaned wisdom from getting into God's Word. Remember, we're nothing fancy here at Centerpoint Bible Church, but we strive to be real, just like Jesus is. 